The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, Pharrell, back on Coast to Coast. We bring in Brian Ciano, a.k.a. Mafia, to talk about violence. There was plenty of that at the Capitol today. Nice job by the uh, National Guard, the riot police and state police getting there three and a half hours after they already destroyed and broke all the windows and and went into the Capitol and scared the hell out of all the politicians and and destroyed things. Real nice job. Nice response time, by the way. We got Mafia in here quicker to do our fight segment. All right, let's start with uh, Michael Chandler. Uh, He says other fighters besides Hooker are avoiding him because he wants to put a stamp on his UFC uh, debut and entice Habib back. Let me first say this. He may be right, but Habib would destroy Michael Chandler. He needs to calm down. Like uh, all of a sudden everybody's afraid of him, please. Yeah. And obviously this guy's a great fighter. You know, he had an awesome run in Bellator. Now he's going to come in here and try to do his best and try to you know rule the division, you know, just like Eddie Alvarez did for a brief moment there and show that, you know, he was one of the best and it wasn't just a fluke that, you know, he was ruling Bellator, but I don't think he's going to even entice Khabib back. I don't think Khabib really sees him as a you know upper echelon guy. He is a great fighter. He is an upper echelon guy, but I think that he does doesn't see him as a challenge. You know, he wants a great all time great if he's going to fight someone you know to come back, and that would be you know you know they mentioned GSP things like that. So I don't think he'll entice Khabib back. But obviously they mentioned the Hooker fight. You know they, they're putting that together for the end of this month. That was announced just the other day, and he's saying, listen, all these other guys. You know, I was offered Poirier. I was offered Ferguson. Ferguson went and took a fight, you know, against Oliveira on short notice instead of fighting me. So there was other guys, you know, at the top of that division that he was ready to go and mix it up with to start in his UFC run here, and they didn't want to fight him allegedly, according to him. So now, you know, Hooker stepped up. This is a guy who's number six, had a great fight against Poirier in the summer, and one of the top guys in that division. So he's saying, "Listen, I'm going to come in here. I'm going to do my best to show that I'm legit, and let's see if I get in the mix here for this title." All right. So those two are going to fight. They're going to fight at the end of this month. Yeah. All right. Uh, Dana thinks uh, Gaethje is Oliveira's next opponent. Are you buying that? That makes sense. I mean, Oliveira's a you know, fast-rising guy now. After just beat Tony Ferguson, the guy who was number two in that division, essentially, you know, where do you go from here? You know, he's a guy that's got to be up there. He's got to be in the mix. So you got to put him against another top guy. Gaethje's, of course, coming off the loss to Khabib. So he was, you know, the, ne- the last challenger. So this guy is a possible next challenger for whoever wins that belt. You got to put him against some of the top guys. Just be Ferguson, Yorif Poirier, and Connor mixed up the fight this month. So, 
you know, who else are you going to put him against? You're, you know, we just said Hooker and Chandler are mixed up. So put him up against Gaethje. See if Gaethje can rebound from that loss or see if Oliveira can, you know, put his stamp on his meteoric rise here and be another top guy in that division and put himself in the mix for a title shot. So what's Dana talking about? He's not in favor of open scoring. Well, you know, this is something that's been kicked around by certain uh, media and certain commissions. It's open scoring where, you know, at the end of each round, you see what the judges score. Instead of it being, you know, you don't find out until the end of the fight, where after the first, second, you know, rounds, they say, okay, well, this is how the judges are scoring, like a scoreboard, They're like, you know, regular sports. So you know where you stand, because how many times we've seen, you know, in the corner, these guys talking to him, like, yeah, you got that round. Mule, you're sitting at home saying, no way you got that round. What are you doing? You know, where the guys that think that they're winning the fight and take it easy in the third round, you know, that really have to go for it. You know, if you know ahead of time, this is where you stand, you can make a move, you know, maybe open things up a little bit more. So that's been talked about for a while now. But Dana says on an interview yesterday on ESPN Plus, all the subscribers, she said, not in favor of it because it might lead to a lot of guys, you know, that know that they're up in the third round, kind of taking it easy and, you know, playing pitter-patter and just keeping it safe. But I think it, you know, works both ways because, sure, it could have that happen. But there's also plenty of other fights where we saw guys already do that thinking they were up. Or we might have saw a lot more action if they knew they were down or they knew it was close. So I think it's a great thing, you know, instead of leaving in the judges and saying at the end, why is it scored this way? Let us know ahead of time. All right, so tomorrow's a huge day for SportsGrid and SportsGrid Radio Network. It's launching on SiriusXM. We have our own channel, the SportsGrid Radio Network, channel 204. Tell everyone you know, your lover, your friends, your neighbor, your lawyer, uh, your dealer, your enemies. Everybody needs to know, channel 204, put that on the fridge, get a tattoo, whatever you got to do. Tomorrow, we start on SiriusXM, channel 204. It's going to be kick-ass. We're going to take over the world. You can hear it all over the Southern Hemisphere. We welcome in all of our radio affiliates. Good to be back on Mightier 1090 in San Diego and all of Southern California as well. So what is the deal with Joanna J? She's crying that she won't fight unless she makes more money and she doesn't want to fight in empty arenas. Well, is there anything else we can get her? Yeah, you know, it's amazing because she's acting like she's still the champ. You know, obviously she was the first Bulls champ before Blahovich went there and just took the belt of light heavyweight for the men. But she was a great champ for a while, but now she's not. And she's coming off a nice fight, you know, a great title fight. Fight of the year candidate in a lot of people's mind. Maybe the fight, probably the fight of the year to a lot of people between her and Zhang Weilei where they just brutalized each other for five rounds. It was an awesome fight. But that being said, she doesn't hold the standing to come in here and say, well, this is what I want. I'm going to make these demands. She thinks because she had that great fight, then she should get a pay bump. And you know, I'm sure Dana and the UFC are sitting there saying, well, you fought once last year. You know, you say you won't come back without the fans. Well, if without the fans, we're not making the same money. So you're not getting that pay bump. And, you know, you're, let's say, like four, four and two in her last six fights. So guess what? You have no leverage. You know, you're a former champ, not a current champ. And the whole thing about the fans, I get it. She loves working off the fans. She loves the fans. But, you know... There's a pandemic going on. So if you want to sit out and wait for fans, sure. But it might be another six, eight months before you have that opportunity. How about Dana saying that uh, how many fans watch fights helps determine some of the matchups that they make? Yeah, he talked about in that interview that, you know, a lot of it's about the rankings and you try to get the best guys versus the best guys or girls. And, you know, sometimes it's just that the fans want certain fights like, you know, you had with Usman and Masvidal and they try to make that happen. But, you know, every now and then they, they are driven by, well, these guys are watched by the fans. They get more viewers, so let's put them in a prime position. And, you know, you talk about that with these hype that these guys bring in, and that's why they do it. That's why they get the social media going. That's why they get the anger going between each other, because if you get more viewers, you get better fights. 
All right, uh, great stuff, Mafia. And, and we get closer and closer to Connor uh, and Poirier. Can't wait for that. Uh, we got more coming up, including talking about Smith when we do. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Working hard 24 hours a day to give you your USRDA of the winning edge. Everything a growing boy needs. Sit up straight. Get it right here on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Throwback on Coast to Coast. Well, Carpenter, what'd you think of Mr. Smith uh, getting the Heisman roll tied? Uh, the kid had a hell of a year. And I just kind of liked, uh, to be honest with you, the initial right in that first three or four seconds, the reaction on Trevor Lawrence's face. <laughs> I know, because he, he was the guy who was the heavy favorite for the last right. two years. You know, you thought that he would leave school with a Heisman. Uh, not the case. Uh, Trevor seemed very upset that he had to sit there through the entire thing, Scotty. But Devonta Smith, well-deserved. Let's be fair. He absolutely tore college football up uh, in that game against Notre Dame, the game against Florida. You can go on and on. And none of the quarterbacks really step to the front. They love giving this thing to quarterbacks. As we know, first wide receiver to win it since 1991, Desmond Howard. But nobody else was there. And uh, let's start, Scotty, with Smith, of course, accepting the award last night. And as you know, very emotional. A very emotional moment for Smith. Here it is on ESPN. To all the young kids out there that's not the biggest, not the strongest, just keep pushing because – I'm not the biggest. I've been doubted a lot just because of my size. And really, it just comes down to you put your mind to it, you can do it. No job is too big. If you put your mind to it, you can do it and just keep believing in God and you'll get where you want to be. Look, I I thought he deserved it hands down. And I'm glad they finally got it right, to be honest with you. I'm sick and tired of the same people winning it every year. These quarterbacks, they just gift wrap it. It's become so boring and meaningless to, I think, college football fans. No one cares about it anymore. And if they did things like this, like, you know, give it to the best player, a guy that goes off on the field instead of everybody's favorite. Uh, I thought it was fantastic. And seeing that kid's reaction, he looked like he cabled in his pants that he lost that Heisman uh, when he didn't win it. I I just thought it was fantastic. Now they're going to start talking about, will he be uh, 
the number one draft pick uh, because every single year they play games, the media, with that number one draft pick. Will they trade it? They'll talk about trading that pick up until five minutes before the pick's made. It is so awful. It is so annoying and painful and, and repetitive. Of uh, You're going to trade. And then. We'll get back to uh, Scotty. You know, you know exactly what he is saying there. Uh, th- this is going to be the talk now for the next couple of months. You are going to have, whether or not Trevor Lawrence with top pick, he's going to be the top pick. Uh, l- let's be fair here. Uh, there's no question about it. Trevor Lawrence is going to be the guy, and they've already started with the Urban Meyer stuff. Because Urban Meyer, of course, um, If he goes to Jacksonville, there's going to be the Ohio State tie-ins. They're going to try to sell you that. Well, eh, you know, he's got Ohio State. Maybe he wants fields. No, that's not going to happen. Jacksonville has never had a franchise quarterback in their entire history. Their entire history. I'm sorry. Mark Brunell in the early days did a really nice job for them. Byron Leftwich, go on and on. They have never had a number one franchise guy, and they are going to get that when they take – Trevor Lawrence with the top overall pick in the draft. Now, of course, because they gave out the Heisman last night, what do we immediately have to do? We have to start talking about next year's Heisman Trophy. Sure enough, the 2021 Heisman odds, they have already been put up on FanDuel. Here it is. Spencer Rattler, 5-1. to one. JT Daniels, 8-1. to one. DJ Ugalele at 10-1. Uh, to one. Uh, as well, Bryce Young there, of course, Alabama, Sam Howell, De'Eric King, Slovis, here it is. And that. Now, Scotty, I, last night on the bench, said to Mafia that here's what we need to look for when it comes to the Heisman odds for next year. Last year, Joe Burrow won. Before the season, he was like 200 to 1. This year, Devonta Smith, before the season, was 100 to 1. So you could take all these guys, Spencer Rattler, Eric King, all these guys at the top of the Heisman chart that's on Fandle right now, and go and go around the hundred to one section, and let's go find somebody in there and put some money on them because it's been long shots every year now. Let's go. Listen, uh, you know, I need Jack Daniels. Uh, that they're already giving this guy JT Daniels odds uh, when he played five minutes this year. Uh, look, I, I thought, and I watched him in that uh, bowl game, and, and they won that game. He took a beating in that game. I did not think he looked good in that game or fantastic or anywhere near that. But now they're already, like, lifting him up as one of the favorites for the Heisman next year. Who cares who the next season's Heisman odd favorite players are you got to be kidding me i can barely get through this season we couldn't even get straight ball games here one day a team's playing this team the next day they replace them with another team and now look army's gonna play west virginia and they're moving it around like a chess piece can we just get through the national championship for christ's sakes and and like get that game in before we start planning next season's awards already i mean it really does get ridiculous doesn't it it really does. Let's get to the national title game. Now, there's talk. As of now, it is still on for Monday. Um, yesterday, there was some chatter that there could be some COVID issues at Ohio State. Maybe they would need to move the game back, which I wouldn't have a problem with because there's no more games. I'd rather see both of these teams at full strength if there is a COVID issue. Ohio State has denied that. It even got so far, Scotty, that Nick Saban's daughter uh, was tweeting out that Ohio State was 
making this up so that they could get Justin Fields healthy after the beating that he took, a couple of hard hits in that Clemson game. Uh, it's now uh, gone to eight and a half here, Alabama and Ohio State. I'm ready for this game, Scotty. And also, we have not heard from you since the semis um, when Alabama beat Notre Dame and Ohio State beat Clemson. Listen, all I know is I hit with that Notre Dame 19 and a hook, and that's all that matters. Uh, and I don't care. I didn't even know Nick Saban uh, had a daughter. I mean, what do I care what his daughter thinks of the game? <laughs> Honest to God. And, and then she- Okay, we'll get Scotty back in a moment. He's right. Uh, Calm down with the phone, please. I mean, honestly, Nick Saban's daughter apologizing for tweeting. Uh, Just just why why do we got to do this stuff? Just leave it alone already, uh, please. Eight and a half is now the spread. If they play the game on Monday, which assuming everything is going to happen right now, still believe Alabama is the way to go in this thing. Um, All the weapons that they have on offense, I know that Ohio State can score as well, but are they going to be able to score at a clip to 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 keep up with Alabama? And that's the thing with me, Scotty. Are they going to be able to score enough points? Because Alabama's going to score, and they're going to score a lot. And as good as Ohio State is offensively, are they going to be able to keep up? Because I don't think they're going to be able to stop Alabama at all in those weapons that they have on the field. Listen, uh, with the running game that they have gone with this freight train in their backfield, uh, until I see somebody stop that Ohio State running game, I have a hard time not grabbing points. What they did to Clemson was uh, humiliating. I mean, they ran it down their throats, slept with their girlfriends, ate their dinner, took their dog for a walk. I mean, what didn't they accomplish? I thought they looked fantastic. That's the best I've seen Fields look ever. I know a lot of people think he's this uh, incredible quarterback. I got to be honest with you. I've never really seen it. He reminds me of all the Ohio State quarterbacks that become flops in the NFL (laughs) one by one. None of them have been good. Not one ever. Name one that's been good. Bottom line is he looked like a great quarterback against Clemson. So uh, if that guy plays anywhere near the way he did against Clemson against Alabama, we got a game on our hands. When it was seven, I thought it was crazy. Now you're talking about eight, eight and a half points. I mean, I know Alabama's better than everybody, but let's see them tackle this kid from Ohio State that runs over people. He's putting up, I I mean, the guy's got a a thousand yards over the last month, uh, literally stepping on people's faces. Yeah, I'm going blowout, and you're right. Sermon's been good. It is funny because everybody was down on field after how he played against Northwestern, and then suddenly after Friday night, Fields was the greatest player, and he was going to get picked over Trevor Lawrence. It's crazy how fast the narrative changes when you look at that. By the way, uh, Long Island's own Jack Cohn going to transfer from Wisconsin to Notre Dame. Let's go, Irish. I cannot believe that's where he's going, and I can't believe that Kelly pulled that off. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. 
I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we going to learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't think of us as just sports talk. Think of us as a full immersion crash course in sports news you can use. You listen, you learn. Get the winning edge. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. All right, Pharrell back on uh, Coast to Coast. We got our boy Blue. Hey, Blue, where's my boy Blue when I need him? I need to talk with Mike. What's up, buddy? Today. Hey, look at that shirt he's rocking. I think I see a Steeler logo there somewhere. That is getting fantastic. Oh, look, oh, he's got a little bit of a sweat going. Here. Oh. Uh, look, he's been oh, under a tremendous getting, strain. <laughs> getting warmed up here. And if it gets cold, I can just use it as a blanket. Here we go. It's upside down. Sorry about that. I'm screwing up this show in multiple ways. Improved. I like that. I like I like your passion. So tell me, uh, while we're on that note, uh, how much do you think it affects the Browns not having their fantastic first year coach on that sideline on Sunday night? I I just cannot think that there's anything good going on with that mess. I, I you obviously, as you said, he's been fantastic this year, and I think it would put him and the organization in a much better position than they've been in the past. But having somebody like that just removed on game day can impact you quite a bit. Now, I don't want to compare the disaster that is the Detroit Lions to the Cleveland Browns this season, but we saw what happened when the Lions were missing coaches. They were virtually non-functional. They lost the game by 40. They probably could have lost by 60 if the Bucks kept trying. So, yes, I think it will have an impact. I think too much of an impact for them. So it, let's say he were coaching and let's say they didn't play Sunday and the Browns didn't win against all the Steelers backups and they still could barely beat him. Let's say this was, you know, uh, we hadn't seen him in eight weeks and they were going into this game and it was the same setup in Pittsburgh, division rivals. It's a playoff game and they didn't play and have all this other shenanigans going on right now. Would you think that the Browns were going to be scary and a problem for the Steelers? Because I actually do believe they could have had their uh, hands full and a big problem. Yes, because the Browns do one thing extremely well, and that's run the football. And I know that 2021 football is about uh, downfield passing attacks and trying to score as many points as possible. But when the Browns can control what they want to do with the football and keep your defense on its toes. The Steelers have a great defense despite missing uh, some of the key pieces that have gotten injured along the way. But they could be susceptible to a really good offensive line and a dual rushing attack, keeping them off the field. And then when the Steelers are trying to come back with this ball control passing attack that you and I both know is not going to be terribly effective all throughout the postseason – 
it would put them in a tough position. Yeah, I think the Browns absolutely uh, had more than a puncher's chance against the Steelers, but I think the loss of Joel Batonio and the head coach, obviously, are, are big ones. You know, there's no team that uh, Big Ben has owned more than the Cleveland Browns through the years. Sure. Do you think, because you know you've heard it over the last month, everybody's saying he's finished and that they have no passing attack, no rushing attack, and that their defense is average. I don't believe any of that, except maybe I'll say they've had no running attack. But we saw the passing attack come back in a big way in the Colts game, and I had the Steelers winning that game outright and hit that bet, and I thought that second half, they looked like the team that went 11-0. You're telling me they go 11-0 and all of a sudden they suck because everyone's written them off already, Blue. Yeah, in fact, as a Steelers fan, I'd I'd rather the pressure be off, and we'll see what happens. Now it's the playoffs, and they can prove whom they are. Uh, I think the issue I've had with the Steelers all along is that when you're not even really attempting to run the ball, which they didn't, they haven't done in many games, and not even attempting to throw the ball down the field, which they've done quite a bit, it makes me wonder if they thought Ben couldn't do it. But again, in the second half against the Colts, which uh, arguably a, a weak secondary, they were able to do it. And uh, in in a game a couple of, a couple of weeks ago. Benny Snell wasn't able to rip off 84 yards. Yes, on 18 carries, but there was something there. I've just had the issue that I've had with the Steelers offensively is that there have not been any explosive plays downfield, and they just haven't been attempting it, Scott. That's what I can't quite understand, but I don't think it's magically disappeared. I think there's still something there. Uh, I'd like to see Ben do it more consistently. All right, so I'm going backwards from Sunday night through Sunday, early game Sunday, into Saturday night and uh, to the beginning with the Bills and Colts. So uh, I think the Bears might be in the biggest trouble of any team going into this weekend. Yeah, uh, I think that's fair to say. Now, nine and a half is a lot of points, obviously, but uh, the Bears feasted on the worst defenses in the entire league. They be- they blew out the Jags, beating up on other teams that – uh, frankly, weren't going to pose much of a challenge to anybody, especially in December. Um, Michael Thomas is back in practice today. We all know Kamara is at risk, and there's been other Saints issues uh, regarding COVID. But uh, I don't think the Bears, unless they played, unless they got this game into a true rock fight like they did against the Bucks when they beat the Bucks earlier this year, I don't really see them having a chance. I do think their defense can be scary, but the Saints have proven to be pretty multiple in the way that they can attack teams. And I just don't think Mitch is in a good position on an away game to bring his A game. We saw what happened when he tried to uh, against Green Bay. The completion numbers looked okay, but I don't think anybody's scared of the Mitch Trubisky passing attack. Yeah, they look terrible against Green Bay. Let's face it, that is no way to go into this week in New Orleans. So these two teams, Titans and Ravens, I mean, this is a brutal game to try to, like, act like you know which way it's going to go. Like, anyone that acts like they got this game all figured out is tripping. Yes, agreed. I do favor the Ravens here, but it's only because the Tennessee Titans are probably the most difficult team to bet on in the entire league. Think about what happened the other day. So they're winning, they're in, they're playing the Texans who have literally nothing to play for, and they almost got beat, and the Texans covered that game. And we've seen the Titans are miserable to bet against against the spread 
because they are a very Jekyll and Hyde team. The defense isn't very good, and the offense is tremendously explosive, both passing and running. They displayed it in the last minute of the game the other day. Derrick Henry ran for 250 yards, and when they needed it, Tannehill throws an unbelievable pass to A.J. Brown, who's one of the most talented receivers in the league. So uh, they can play that way. I think Vrabel is going to coach aggressively like he's done in the past, try and pull off some trickery in special teams. Wouldn't surprise me, but uh, that is the most difficult game for me. But I would side with the Ravens right now only because uh, I think they're running the ball extremely well, and that'll be a problem for the Titans if they're off. Hey, by the way, Blue, I forgot to show you this. Uh, I just got it today, uh, just a couple weeks late. My Steeler Christmas card came in the mail with the whole team wishing me happy holidays. I got the team Amazing. shot here. It only showed up on January 6th in my mailbox. Amazing. Nice job there by the Postal Service. Uh, well, uh, they're already asking me to uh, put my money down for next season. Go figure the year that they're <laughs> 11 and 0 I gave up my seasons let's go to uh the Buccaneers game uh because uh, speaking of teams in trouble I put the Washington football team kind of on the same uh par as the Bears I'm not uh buying that offense I like their their front four defensively I still don't think they'll be able to stop Brady in that passing attack uh totally agree so I I think that Washington does one thing really well and if the Bucks offensive line, which has proved capable over the last 10 games, can hold up to that even reasonably well, then they'll be okay. Yeah, Brady doesn't want that offensive, that defensive line in his face, but no quarterback does. And if Washington performed really well in that regard, then it would be a close game, a close game that I think they'd still lose. Uh, the The way to attack the Bucs and to beat the Bucs is to beat them on the outside offensively. They do a bad job of covering people. So anybody that is really good in the passing tack, attack against the Bucks should be able to outscore them. Uh, if you can get pressure on Brady, uh, that'd be great too. We'll see if the you know somebody like the Rams can can put Brady through it and Goff can perform well, but now he's hurt. But the Bucks are in a great position. They lucked out by being the five seed. I can see why the uh, sports books in Vegas are are worried about the Buccaneers uh, haunting them uh, the way they're playing right now. All of a sudden, uh, they look like they got their act together. Seattle, I'm not sure how much I'm buying them against that Rams defense, Blue. I think this is – I I think you're right on the Baltimore um, Titans game being really difficult, but – This one is too, if only because these two teams play pretty ugly games against one another. We just saw one a couple of weeks ago. So I think that Seattle and the Rams just throwing haymakers on one another is going to be really interesting. I'm always going to bet on the better quarterback. That's what I'll do here. But the Rams could win a 17-16 kind of game if they're forcing field goals. Uh, Seattle's got a great field goal kicker, but if they're forcing field goals and keeping Russell out of the end zone, I could see the Rams winning this one, but I have to go with the better quarterback in this one. So uh, earlier on the show, uh, your boy Carver High had mentioned that if you think what the Bills did to the Dolphins was juicy, he said, wait till you see what we do to the Colts on Saturday afternoon. He said he's going to wear beach attire sit outside in his driveway and watch the game in 20-degree weather. said he's going to bust off a 12-pack of Bud Light by halftime. And he said when it's all said and done, Bill's by 40. I Carver taking it. it easy. 
Carver taking it easy with only the 12 or at before halftime. But I would say in general, uh, the Colts have one shot, and that's to drain, drain the clock and just run the clock out on Josh Allen. They can't cover anybody, the Colts. It's a problem for them. So uh, I, I, the Bills are going to be hard to beat. They're playing the best in, best team in the league right now, the way they're playing. Listen, if uh, the Bills don't win, you're going to want to watch in-game live on Saturday night with Smitty oh, and Carver High and get the dump button ready because I think there's going to be some tension. I love you, Blue. Go Steelers! SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I drove back on Coast to Coast when I uh, came back on the set today to do the first show since the holidays. I heard Carver High because I, I was already like late to the set. And Carver High was on the set talking to, uh, you know, Ty Stick and the LTN boys uh, in Kansas City. And then uh, he didn't know I slipped in the room. And, and then I heard him saying, oh, Jesus, he's back. And then I <laughs> caught him saying it. And then now he's pretending like he didn't say it. Look at him. I, I would never say such a thing. There's no way you heard that. I was uh, I was talking about something else. Uh, that is not at all what happened. I'm glad you're back. Missed you here. Right. First show of the new year. Uh, we're ready awesome. to rock. Uh, how about how about we how about we go to the window here a little bit? How about we how about Why we not? lay some sacks down? on some NBA tonight. How about that? Will that get your new year going, Scotty? You want to lay some stacks down on the NBA? Let's do it. Cavs and well, as much money as I've been making people <laughs> during the holidays on PharrellandEvents.com. And last night is living proof. I might as well just start giving, spreading some cheer. Let's make everybody some money. Let's do it. Let's start. Magic, minus six against the Cavs tonight at home. We have the Pacers, minus a deuce against the Rockets. 76ers, who've been playing very well, minus six and a half against the Wiz. And the Heat and the Celtics tonight, minus three for Miami. Yeah, look, uh, the Magic, you know, played them the other night and destroyed them by 20. Uh, I just am not buying the Cavs. The first couple of games, people got excited. They're like, wow, Cleveland's playing good. Cleveland sucks, okay? So uh, I'm not on uh, Cleveland at all. Uh, what was that second game? It's blocked for me, the Pacers game. I like the Pacers yes. um, at home tonight. Uh, I believe they're at home. I can't even see it. So yes. you tell me, Carver High, are they at home or not? Yes, all right, so Pacers I like the Pacers. Tonight. I'm laying two and a half. Uh, and what were the other ones? Wizards at Philadelphia. Yeah, I like Philadelphia. It's my top play. I love the way the Sixers are playing. I'm laying six and a hook. That's what I got it at. And then uh, the Celtics, Celtics and Heat. Heat. I got, yeah, I got to take the Celtics here. Uh, I have not been impressed at all with the way the Heat are uh, playing to start the season. For sure, they've been terrible. Uh, maybe that bubble caught up with them. Uh, I certainly think they can win at home, but I'm going to go with a little high risk on the Celtics. I put the Celtics at, at number nine. So that Pacers game I had at my number five play, I had the Magic laying, and they were my number eight play. So I know we got Hornets and Hawks 
Um, I like the way Atlanta's playing ball. I love this team. I like the guys they're putting on the floor. I think they've been fantastic. I got them as my number two play tonight. I'm laying the six. And then Jazz Knicks. I'm going Knicks in an upset at the Garden. I think the Knicks have shocked everybody the way they've looked. Plus, they're getting seven and a half. I like them outright. Pistons have injury problems, and they're playing in Brewtown. I think the Bucks put a number on them tonight and beat them by 20-plus in Milwaukee. And Thunder Pelicans, I like the Pelicans to win. Actually, in that number, uh, I got to be honest, I got to come back, check that. I took the Pistons and the fat wood that I got earlier at 13-and-a-half. It's the Thunder that I grabbed that 7-and-a-half. Uh, and I got him as my number 11 play. Pels win at home, but I like the Thunder to cover that number and Detroit to cover the number. And I know there's a couple of games left. The Suns game, the Clipper Warrior game, Kings and Bulls. I'm going to go Suns in the Valley, lay the three. I got it at three and a half. I like it even better at three. That's my number four play. I like the Clips to win, but the way the Warriors have been playing, I'm willing to bet on the Warriors with that number at one and a half. So I guess if I had to do it right now, I'm going to go Warriors upset. I didn't know the number was so short today. And the Kings and Bulls, uh, I like the Kings to win, but I'll take the Bulls in that number. I'm a little leery on that Chicago line tonight because I hit the Bulls last night to uh, cover that big nine-and-a-half in Portland. I have my druthers, whether they can do it back-to-back nights on the road, going from Portland to Sacktown to play at the Golden One and then back it up again. I don't know if seven's enough, but I did take the Bulls in the seven. And how about Steph, uh, Scotty, the other night with the 62 points, 63 points, whatever it was on Sunday, comes back and has another 30-point night against the Kings after that. Seems like Steph, you know, taking a couple weeks here, we know with the injury last year, maybe starting to get back into that Steph Curry groove here for the Warriors. Look, I like a lot of uh, things about this team. I I think Wiseman has been solid in his minutes. Uh, I certainly, you know, when Green's on the floor, they're better defensively. I like Kelly Oubre's ability, uh, Wiggins' scoring touch, and no one can stop Curry from doing whatever he wants. This is a very dangerous team in, in different facets of their play, and they got a great coach. If they can continue to find a way to play together and get the right pieces, Pascal and those guys, on the floor at the right times with the right amount of burn, they can be a decent team for sure. And uh, I hit uh, some bets with the Warriors uh, this week. And I got to tell you, I watched that game when he had 62. I watched the entire second half. And most of the buckets that he had, Mike, were uh, deuces and free throws. They were not threes. Yeah, it wasn't like one of those usual in the past. Steph Curry just raining three after three after three. He was doing a little bit of everything on Sunday night. College rack now. Let's do last night first before we talk about tonight's games. Did you see the U uh, at home lose on that uh, last second shot by North Carolina, 67-65? Plattick got it done for them. Tough loss for the U last night. Well, look, I thought the kids turn around. Jay, elbow, uh, you know, popper kind of on the wing, uh, just to the left of the elbow. It was a great shot to tie the game, but I thought they were porous defensively for Laranega at the other end. They hit the shot, they thought the game was over, and they didn't go down and play defense, and the kid had an easy baseline popper. I could have made that shot 15 times in a row. That was a little 10-footer. That was a piece of cake shot. They got to make that shot more difficult. That's three straight games that Gaines have lost by like a point. Uh, They're suffering lately, Lou in close games 
And I actually watched, uh, you know, I'm finally getting into the regular season here with college basketball. You forget, UConn, back in the Big East, they were down at Marquette last night. Nice second-half comeback by Hurley's crew. UConn, back in the mix in the Big East. I love it, Scotty. They're right where they need to be, Mike. Uh, that That's where they should have been all along, and he knows it. He used to come on our show, you know that, uh, where he's coached elsewhere. He's right where he needs to be, and I, and I think they're where they need to be. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they do come, you know, Big East tournament time, but I like the fact that they're in the right conference. And speaking of tournament time, it looks like March Madness is going to be set in the state of Indiana, mostly in Indianapolis. They are going to go to Bloomington and a couple other places. They've got six courts set up throughout the state for the NCAA tournament, all 68 games. They're ready to rock. Um, so, look, listen, we know they're having a tournament, Scotty. They're not losing that money for the second right. year in a row. But it's good that they have a plan, and it's going to be in Indiana. Good spot for it. Carver High, I think this is a great plan. Uh, it makes all the sense in the world. COVID is so dangerous and evil. Now it's split into variants and all kinds of uh, even more contagious uh, specs. All I know is this. Let's get a tournament in. Last year we didn't get it. We didn't get the conference tournaments in. Now they're going to have it in the Hoosier State. I got no problem with that. They can have it in great locations, great gyms. Get everybody in there. Let's play some basketball. I don't care if they have it in Indiana. I don't care if they did it in Ohio. I don't care where they play. They could have played it in Florida for all I care. They could have played it in Vegas. All I know is one central state locale, if you will, that works for me. I want basketball. I don't care how they do it. I think it's pretty ingenious what they've come up with. I think it's going to work terrifically. Now let's get to tonight's games. Big slate and college hoops. Let's start. Uh, we'll feature some games here. And I know that you probably got a lot on the sheet if you want to run through a few. But we will start with some of the heavy games. Vatek at Louisville tonight. Uh, minus four and a half for the Cardinal. There's an ACC game. We've got the Vols of Tennessee. Minus eight and a half against Arkansas. Big East Butler minus four and a half against Georgetown. Another Big East Xavier minus six and a half against St. John's. Yeah, I think this is going to be an incredible night of betting. Look, I think Louisville handles their business at the Yum. It's my top play. I'm going to drop the points there. I think the Cardinals will beat them by more than five. I think Arkansas covers the number, but Tennessee wins that game in Knoxville. Same thing here. Butler wins at the Hinkle, but I think Georgetown can cover the number. I got him at five and a half. I know it moved to four and a half. And again, St. John's, I'm going to middle it. I think it's too many points for the Johnnies. I think Xavier uh, and St. John's, frankly, I don't care where they play the game. I think they're very similar teams. I think they play the same kind of basketball. They have the same kind of record against good teams. They are the epitome of one another. I think that it's going to be a close game. Xavier wins, but the Johnnies cover. Rest of the night, uh, the later games, we've got Duke hosting Boston College, minus 11.5 for the Dukies. Minnesota catching 7.5 in Ann Arbor against Michigan. Ole Miss minus 7.5 against Auburn. And Baylor, of course, one of the top five teams in the country, laying 10.5 uh, against Oklahoma. That Big 12, Scotty, and you get to this after the game, Big 12 is unbelievable. Between Baylor, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Kansas, Texas Tech, uh, there's just a ton of really good teams in that conference right now. 
Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And uh, I watched a great game with, uh, you know, Oklahoma State and West Virginia the other night. And West Virginia means business. But, look, I think Duke's going to roll BC. The other games are more interesting to me. Michigan, I love their intensity and their bench and their enthusiasm and how excited they get for one another. I like the way they play. I like the way they use their bigs. I like the way they pass inside the perimeter. So all these teams just shoot threes. That's all they do up and down, popping threes, missing left and right, and they count on the three and live and die by it. I like the way Michigan moves the ball, drives, dribble drives, and gets bounce passes at the last minute to their bigs for easy dunks. I think Michigan beats Minnesota tonight by more than seven and a hook at Chrysler. Auburn and Ole Miss. I think Auburn wins this game outright in Oxford, and I think Oklahoma will cover the fat number. I got it at 11 and a half. I know it moved to 10 and a half because betters liked it. Baylor is no joke, and they're going to think they got this game in the bag at home, but because the conference has had so many kick-ass games, this is going to be another one. I think the number's way too high. I loved it at 11 and a half. I still like it at 10 and a half. Baylor wins, but they don't cover. And we actually have games that I've noticed this the past few days. We've had some afternoon tips uh, going on during the weekdays. Uh, Cuse right now up 44-33 on Pitt in the second half. They're getting close to the end between Tulsa and South Florida as well. 59-49. Tulsa leads South Florida right now. Slews of other games too, Scotty. Uh, Rhode Island, Richmond tonight. Uh, You've got also Georgia LSU. Uh, you know it, a heavy slate here in college rack. Can I give you some of those? By the way, I had Tulsa yes. getting one and a half, but here's some of the other ones I'm going to roll with. Richmond, I'm going to drop the five and a half. I like Ohio State laying five and a half tonight. I like VCU to win, but how about this? George Mason getting six and a half. Be careful. I think they can do it. Houston, I think they win, but I'll take Wichita State in ten and a half. It was my number six play at FarrellOnEvents.com. I'm going to drop 19 and a hook with Boyd. Boise. Uh, I like Boise tonight. Then I'm going to go Virginia to win, but Wake to cover the 12 and a hook is my number 10 play. I like A&M getting three and a half as a dog. They're going to win outright. I told you Auburn outright. I like Utah State to win, but New Mexico to cover 12 and a hook at the pit as my number eight play. And I like Utah to win, and I'm laying the points there. So uh, that's the rest of my snags. And by the way, LSU, uh, Georgia, give me the Bulldogs in the nine and a half. I like LSU to win that game, but the uh, Georgia Bulldogs to keep it close. Nice to have a full night of action. NFL might be almost done, but we've got college hoops every night now, Scotty. And hockey starts next week, for Christ's sake. Let's go. Let's yes. go. Bringing <laughs> you all day, every day, with more attitude than other lesser networks would. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If sports talk stations were cars, we'd be the one that you drove the wheels off of in high school, cruising for chicks and going to the game on Friday nights, then forgetting where you parked it till Saturday morning and you had to get your buddy to drive you around looking for it. I think I see it, man. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Wee, 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 wee,
Oh, sorry. Uh, Tom Brady and Giselle selling their uh, pad in Manhattan for $37 million. Guess there's not enough sun around here for them. <laughs> Manti Teo participating in a Netflix doc with his uh, catfishing scandal. I mean, honest to God, can this just go away? Like, how embarrassing that this dude, he's fishing for some cash to talk about how much of a loser he was with that whole thing, with that guy that he scammed everyone with his liar, dead girlfriend. The worst story ever. Uh, Tommy Lasorda out of the hospital in Lipstick City, thank God. Uh, the dream owner, Kelly Loeffler, she did a great job last night, and her colleague down there, the Republicans in the uh, runoff, they both lost. The good reverend won it. And uh, the Jewish guy, they both had it all going. The first black to ever get into the Senate from Georgia, that's kick-ass. And the Jewish guy won as well. They both won. Now they control the Senate. You lose. How'd that taste, Kelly? Uh, by the way, uh, Mets owner Steve Cohen, subject of gender discrimination complaint, former employee at the hedge fund, talking all kinds of smack about Steve's treatment of her. All right, let's get into hockey real quick, Carver High. Uh, hockey starts next week on Wednesday. You said there's going to be games every night. They're going to have sponsors for all four divisions, and I can't wait. And what did you think of the USA for the fourth time in a row? They've only been to the finals four times in the World Juniors, and they beat Canada all four times. And all I ever hear about is how uh, we suck at hockey. Canada's the only place for hockey in the world. Canada's, they got everything figured out, except when they play us in the World Juniors. I hate to be honest, but let's just tell it like it is. No, they always beat them in the finals of that tournament. Uh, whenever USA plays Canada in the junior finals, they get it done. 2 nothing. They took an early lead last night, and they shut it down. And, of course, they need sponsors for the divisions. They got to make money somehow this year, Scotty. So they got to slap a couple sponsorships. Get ready for it. So there's going to be hockey every single night? Every night. When it starts next Wednesday until the playoffs, there is a game every night. There is no night with zero games. I got to tell you, that, frankly, for me – is better than sex. Game time decisions coming up next. I'll see you tonight on the bench on Sports Grid Radio, 10 p.m. Good night, everybody. Look, you have a simple choice. Keep listening and get the winning edge, or don't. And wish you. Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360.